team that's helping put these things in place and they have some really great looking shirts on because today we make available the Love is on the Move shirt. And uh, thank you guys for looking so good in your shirts. And here's the thing, we're gonna be doing events each weekend that's gonna take a lot of us and we want to be identified as a team. And what this does is create conversations with people where we can talk more about what that love has meant to us and, and the reason we're doing what we're doing. It's all part of carrying this message. And then also, it helps people to know who to ask as we do these major events and there's gonna be a lot of activity. It will just provide uh, a way to accommodate them. We have sizes for children on up and so we want all of you to have one. Each of these events have been put in place so that the entire family, different generations, multi-generations can be involved because God wants to use all of us. And so get your shirts, they're available in both lobbies. Thank you team, you look great. Let's show our love to this great man. What in the world? Awesome. Thank you. Take your envelope and just, just have it there handy as we go through the message and I'll set a plan for these. Uh, as I brought the message again last week out of Acts chapter 3, we saw the principal players. You have Peter and John who are on their way to prayer. You have a promise from Isaiah 35 that says concerning the last days there would be adversity. But God would be at work with the world at its worst and the church at her best. Light would shine in the darkness. And it says the lame will leap like a deer. We see that very miracle occur in Acts chapter 3. See, there was a lame man and for 40 years he had been suffering in that condition. But he had some friends. We don't know who they are. But they were faithful to bring him to a certain place every day so that once again he could beg, so that he could cope and make it another day. And we saw in this story the convergence, an intersection, if you will, for a miracle delivery. We can't do the miracle, but the Lord chooses to do miracles through us. As Peter and John were making their way and there was the convergence of the promise of God and a person in need, Peter and John, it says, they looked at him intently. They were nudged toward him, no doubt, an inner push of the Holy Spirit in their hearts toward this man. And then they picked up on the cue that he didn't really understand what could meet his need. He's asking for money. Peter and John know that he needs much more than that. And, and so they minister, and then they express some incredible faith and take a huge risk because the Bible says, as they lifted him, the miracle happened. I'm amazed at that. The miracle hasn't happened until they start lifting. Then God does an amazing work. His skeletal, skeletal system and his muscle system so healed that for the first time, he's walking and running and he's leaping. No one had to teach him to walk. It's just a miracle of God. And I talked about Peter and John. They were just part of a delivery that day. And they set for us a great example that we can wake up every day to be a part of this. And as I was outlining this, I drew a box. And when I drew this box, after the message, Kelly says to me, do you realize the box looked like an envelope? And I said, no. And I said, but that's why I have the Holy Ghost and the Kelly Ghost. <laughs> because I wanna tell you, with those two, preaching gets much better. And so it, it ignited as I moved toward this 
this last service of challenge because from here on, we, we take the focus off of our responsibility to be carriers of everyday miracles, to ministry to people. And each sermon will be about the love of God to change a life. We're going to look at the woman of Samaria. We're going to look at the demoniac. We're going to look at the love of God on the move from the fall of man all the way to the cross on Palm Sunday. And then we'll see that in a message of resurrection on Easter Sunday. But this is a a final word. And so we thought, let's take the thought of an envelope. And so already we've tried to illustrate that we received something today. Someone delivered something to us and it was meaningful. I want to tell you the verse I received, very meaningful, very much on time. I, I receive it as from the Lord. And so I'm thankful that someone was willing to deliver this to me. I don't know who delivered it, but I receive it. You see, it's really not important who makes the delivery because when we make the delivery, all credit gets transferred to God so that other miracles can happen as a result of those miracles. And so this whole idea of love being on the move is just to recapture the idea that we can live in a land of everyday miracles, that we can wake up every day and partner with God. And according to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, there is a power working in and through us for good works for which we were created to do. That we don't have to you know, live in just the land of good works where we depend on just what we can do. And we don't have to live in the land of signs and wonders only. We bring them together as a full gospel church. And we do good works because we have a heart for people. But we've prayed and asked God for his power. And we're believing that we're going to have many of these intersections that create the opportunity for a miracle delivery. So often in a church, we hear about how to receive a miracle. Our focus the last few weeks has been on how to deliver a miracle. We call it everyday divine potential. Everyday, everywhere, the activity of God. Turn with me as we put some other passages with the Acts 3 passage. Turn with me, please, to Mark chapter 1. The book of Mark chapter 1. And I want you to just see Jesus himself. I mean, he personifies. He is love on the move. And we learn so much from him. And so I want to make sure that we see a trilogy here. We see a, a flow of this activity Starting at verse 21, it says, Jesus and his companions went to the town of Capernaum. When the Sabbath day came, he went into the synagogue and began to teach. So uh, underline the word synagogue. You see the activity of God at church. I have stressed that we are not a location. We are a movement of people that believe that Jesus died and rose again. And we keep that message on the move. The love of God is not to be in neutral or locational so that we become just an attractional model of ministry, but that the love of God is on the move through us, his people, every day, everywhere. In trying to stress that it's, this is not the sum total of the game, just what happens here. Yet I don't want to undermine that it is important what happens right here. Jesus went into the synagogue and as he taught, people were amazed and there was a man with unclean spirits and he was set free. The activity of God is to be present and should be expected as we, a faith family, meet together. However, turn and look with me at verse 29. 
After Jesus left the synagogue with James and John, they went to Simon and Andrew's home. Underline the word home. Now Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. They told Jesus about her right away. So he went to her bedside, took her by the hand, and helped her sit up. Then the fever left her, and she prepared a meal for them. We now see the activity of God, this love of God on the move, from the church to the home. I want you to see that that is so in sequence. See, it's everywhere, and it's every day. But let's continue, verse 32. That evening after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. The whole town gathered at the door to watch. Underline the words, whole town. Now we're talking about community. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases, and he cast out many demons. See, it's every day, and it's everywhere. It's synagogue, it's home, it's in the community. When we meet together, we are believing that the presence of the Lord is here and he has a distinct and discernible plan for this day. And in this day, there are going to be uh, intersections of miracle deliveries. We saw it happen last Sunday. It's going to happen this Sunday and every Sunday that we meet. And so we praise God for that. But we don't park this whole idea of the activity of God when we leave here because it goes right to our home. And then it goes to the marketplace. It's in the community. It's every day, everywhere, the very activity of God. So we're believing that love is on the move, is a reclaiming of the miraculous in everyday life. It's where we take random acts of kindness and then intentional acts of kindness. Bathed in a heart of prayer for God's supernatural presence and power to flow where the delivery of miracles to a specific person that meet a specific need happen. Mark chapter two says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, Your sins are forgiven. Love is on the move is described in Acts 3 and it's described in Mark 2. We learn a lot from both of these passages because it brings the hurting and the suffering to the intersection where a miracle can happen. Luke tells us that because Jesus had healed the man with leprosy, that people had traveled from as far as 100 miles around to try and be in his presence, to hear his teaching. So these four men, the Bible says, come to their friend who's paralyzed and they all make this concerted effort to get him to Jesus. Please see an emphasis there. Whether or not we get people to church 
is not the most important thing. What's most important is that we get people to Jesus. And so you see their passion. You see their determination to get their friend to Jesus. I'm sure they heard the crowd before they saw the crowd. Imagine the thoughts of give up, turn around, wait for another day that must have filled their mind. But because they were so determined, they kept going. There were four men, and I think you could make a sermon out of each, though that the things I'm about to tell you aren't specifically in Mark chapter 2. I think graphically they are displayed. I would like to make each person represent a quality, but rather than do that, I think these are qualities that have to be in all of us. If you are going to make an effective delivery this week, if you realize that you are a carrier of a miracle, a specific ministry to a specific person in need, and God's going to flow through you to them to help them, then I believe there are going to have to be some qualities that go into your consideration of just what it is that you give to that person. I'm going to ask you to write a note or perhaps give a verse of scripture, knowing the person that you've been connected with and ministering to those cues have set you up to be very specific in what you give. But let me give some qualities behind the gift. First is compassion. They'll come on the screen. The next is the whole idea of action. The next is be risk. And finally, expectancy. Matter of fact, it's an acronym. It's a care. It's the word care. It's a, a, a care package from a caregiver. There is no way that these four men would have ever gotten their friend to Jesus unless they had compassion. Matter of fact, when I study the word compassion, it always leads to action or it's not biblical compassion. Anytime the word compassion is used related to Jesus, it says he was moved with compassion. Whatever the need around him meant that he cared and he took action to do something about it. That's very important because it's easy to believe in the concept of compassion, to support ministries that do compassion and to embrace you know, the idea of compassion and then to think we're compassionate. But I think biblically, it teaches us that until out of our own heart of concern, we personally take action, then we may never have understood the true influence and impact of compassion. All of these kind of work together at the same time. If you have an expectancy that if your friend is connected to Jesus, that change happens, your expectation will set your actions. You'll do whatever you have to do. And there, before you'll risk, when they come to the house and they can't get their friend into to Jesus by using the doors. Somebody, I don't know which one, but some one of the four said, how about the roof? And so I appreciate this kind of thinking and this kind of action and risk-taking. See, when you start applying some risk, you're gonna be creative. Just what would mean the most to this person that I'm trying to minister to? Just what would make the greatest impact? And perhaps their heart has been very hardened because of certain circumstances. And so you're going to have to persevere. You know, if at first you're kind of shut out, you're going to have to pray through some very creative ways to minister the message, the love to get the care of Christ to their heart, to get the delivery made so that the miracle can happen. 
I'm thankful for four guys who would give us this example. What must it have been like when Jesus is teaching? The service is happening and I guess debris begins to fall and people start looking and this man is lowered right in the presence of Jesus. And the scripture was very specific. It says, and Jesus seeing their faith then ministered to the man. It was their faith. Do you see the influence of our faith? There are people out in the community, they've lost hope. They've been in the situation too long. They've given up. They have no faith that their life can change. But we have the faith that their life can change. Jesus, seeing their faith, began to minister to this man. You see, faith to me is what activates the fact that you're convinced in the grace of God. Hear that today. As followers of Christ and as a church, we must be convinced when it comes to the grace of God that there's no sin too deep. There's no life too far of what God cannot change. And so our faith moves us into action filled with compassion, risk, and expectancy. And so they minister. They get the man to Jesus and You know, what is the homeowner thinking when he has this hole in his roof? I mean, what were the thoughts? We know what the Pharisees were thinking. They were thinking that it was blasphemy that Jesus would speak to a man about his sin and bring this kind of healing. They didn't say anything. They just thought it. But Jesus was able to read their thoughts. Jesus kind of took a sidebar and dealt with them and then got back into the flow of the miracle and then finally said to the man, You know, take up your bed and walk. And then what must have happened in so many others as they watched the story of the man who was once confined to his condition, but he's forgiven and healed. You see, my encouragement to us is to express care through compassion, action, risk, and expectancy. And if that goes into the delivery then it's going to be very personal and powerful, undeniable and life-changing. And we will celebrate at some point someone who has been completely changed because you became the middleman between an awesome God and a person in need. A delivery person who brought a specific answer to that need in their life. This week, I'm asking you to take this envelope You can use the card that's in it or come up with your own. Identify and deliver. Identify that person and and make the delivery. Let me make an application here before I close with just a word to us as a word of hope for all of us from this story. Just as a final challenge, as you try to minister to to your friends, remember there were four people that got the man to Jesus. The Bible Inspired of the Holy Spirit through many different writers, inspires through the writer Mark to make sure we know it was four men. I suppose it could have been two on either end of the stretcher, but it was four men. They invited these different people into the story. I know God put me in the life of a person about six months ago, and I've been doing some bridge building and building a relationship, and and I know that God has me on a delivery. And and I reached a point where 
I was able to introduce my friend to Kelly. And I see where Kelly's story, where Kelly's testimony, where Kelly's influence is going to be significant in this delivery. As you are talking to your friend, you know their story, then perhaps there's someone else who has a story similar that you would invite into the process. And together you will make a delivery. You will get your friend to Jesus. Be inspired and influenced because if all of us accept and receive the activity of God's presence and power and life change here, and then we take it with us, the love of God will be on the move. Everywhere, every day. Everywhere, every day, divine potential. Consider the man on the mat. And let the mat of Mark chapter 2 represent the brokenness of humanity. Let it represent the pain, regret, the shame of poor choices. Let it represent the impact of sin and failure. See, everybody has a mat. And like the man in Mark chapter 2, you may feel as though there's no way for you to ever change. It's just impossible. You've been in the situation too long. Too much has happened. Others may be able to change, but not you. I would say to you that one very real dynamic of this service is to say to you that God has created an intersection. And a miracle delivery is about to be made and it has your name on it. I can say that because it's illustrated through the story of Mark chapter 2. No one would have ever thought this man would have been changed. Jesus looked at that man and the first thing he said was, your sins are forgiven. I think those are some of the greatest words you could ever hear. They have been on my heart all week. What could be better than than knowing in your heart that your sins are forgiven? Maybe you need to hear this. Maybe the words on the screen are the miracle delivery, the gift of grace to you today, letting you know that if you'll open your heart, your sins can be forgiven. No matter how long, You've been in the situation. How much you've done, your sins can be forgiven. And if we knew your backstory, we probably would find details that let us know of all that has happened for you to be here right now. It's probably equivalent to these guys ripping a hole in the roof. It's your miracle moment. Somebody's had compassion, took action, took some risk. Because they have an expectation of what God's grace can do. Today, we've come to an intersection. Not only do I see this as evidence in Mark chapter 2, let me tell you what happened on Tuesday. Received a call, this man needs to see me. He comes in and he says this to me. For four weeks, I've attended your church. He mentioned the other people that have been involved as a result of why he's been coming here. So please hear this in the context that 
that we all get to be a part of the delivery in some way, form, or fashion. This guy says to me that he's never believed in God. He has never openly denied God in front of his family, but it's been very clear he's had no interest in God, no interest in church, no interest in religion. Matter of fact, if you had said to him a year ago that he had been sitting in church four weeks in a row, he would have said there's absolutely no way. This guy is just very straight at you, tough guy. And he says, you know, some things have been happening, so I can't. He said, I'd leave and I couldn't get it off my mind. All the things that were happening was like everything being said was being said right to me. This has happened four weeks in a row. And he said, last Sunday when you gave the opportunity for people to accept Christ, he said, I'm telling you, tears start coming down my face. He said, it freaked me out. He said, a person on my row said, if you want to go forward, I'll go with you. He, he said, I said, no. He said, I wanted to go forward, but he thought, if I get up, I'm going to get more emotional and I'm not getting emotional in front of all these people. He said, I sat there. He said, but I can't get the words out of my mind. I can't get the impact out of my heart. This guy calls, sets an appointment with, with me, and he says, I need you to lead me to Christ. So I prayed the sinner's prayer with him. This was Tuesday. And he's been in this situation for years. And there are people in his life who are amazed. He thought he could never change. There are many who thought he could never change. But there were some who were still working to get him to Jesus. Because they have an expectation in the grace of God. And what God has done for that man, God can do for you. Here's what's amazing to me. Is when Jesus said to the man, your sins are forgiven. He then said, now take up your bed and walk. Why didn't he just say, get up and walk? Why did he say, why, why do you need to take your bed with you? I can promise you, Jesus was not expecting, you know, he, Jesus was not indicating, in case you backslide, you have your mat. <laughs> You know, you're probably going to go back into that, so at least you'll have it. You don't want to get rid of it too soon. No. Everybody now gets to see what used to hold the man down, what used to hold him captive, what used to carry him is now nothing more than a testimony. It's all about what he used to be. Now people get to see the contrast, the fundamental change. Now people get to see the difference. Don't ever forget where God has brought you from by his grace. You have a story. And it's perhaps that very story that's going to help someone be open to a delivery of God's grace in their life. Pain, misery, Horrible choices, sin and failure. But I've been forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Now take up your bed and walk and keep overcoming by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. It's who you used to be. Your story is now about what God is doing and, and what He's brought you from. Out of Peter wrote and said, He's brought me out of darkness into his marvelous light. You see, we all have a mat. We all have a story. 
And it is just that very story that God uses. You see, I'm finding that often God takes your misery and turns it into your ministry. Hear me, church. You be quiet. I'm going to name that demon. Your story, you have the credibility with people. And when you tell them who you were, that's the love of God. See, take up your bed and walk. The love of God was put on the move through the story of the man who had been on the mat. And now everybody can see that he's no longer who he used to be. And when they ask, how did it happen? Now he transfers the credit, just like they did in Acts chapter three, this man, Jesus. And then other miracles happen because as we saw last week and as we see in our own life, there is always another miracle. God never does miracles in isolation. He is changing you because he's gonna change someone in the future through your story. You may have been in a condition for a long time. I'm gonna tell you, God can set you free and there's nothing more powerful than the healing that comes to another person through you out of what God brought you out of. You empathize. You can say, you know, I've been where you are and I know God's able. There are people, they have no, they have no concept. I, I, there's this one person I'm talking to. They have no, no concept, no, no history. No one in their history has had a relationship with God. They don't know how to think about life in a relationship with God. And I'm excited to watch the people that are going to help get this person to Jesus and be able to say, you know, I was in the same situation that God brought me out with your eyes closed in the presence of God. Perhaps you're just like the man who came the last four weeks knowing that the Holy Spirit was working and it's very personal, it's very deep, it's very powerful because it's the grace of God, it's revolutionary. And if you feel that today you need to open your heart to receive a delivery from the very heart of God to your life. Grace, healing, deliverance. Then in a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And when you raise your hand, it's just letting me know who I get to pray for. Do you need to hear these words? Your sins are forgiven. Do you need to hear that? Do you need to experience that in your heart? And when I give you that opportunity, why don't you raise your hand? Do you need to come out of darkness, out of an, the way you've been living, the way you've shaped your choices? Do you need to come out of that to a new life? It's the grace of God that will help you. If today you realize by knowing your story more and better than anyone else, that yes, it's true. You've come to this moment 
this intersection. There's perhaps a grandmother that's been praying for years. There's a group of friends. You, you just see the streams. They've come together. Now here we are. Are you ready to open your heart? It's God's love expressed to you through all of those different streams that have come together to bring you to this place. It's really awesome. It's awesome. You say, Pastor, I need that. Just raise your hand right now. Raise it. Raise it fast. God bless you. Come on. Begin to raise them. Raise them as fast as you can. God bless you. Keep it up. I'm telling you, it's God, isn't it? It's the activity of God. It's the work of God. The love of God has been on the move in your life every day, including today. I'm going to ask this team to just to declare that, that his love is on the move. And if you raised your hand or you needed to, I want you to come. The reason I add that you needed to, because the man told me on Tuesday, he said, when you said that, I was the person who needed to. Hey, come on. As they sing. Come right now. And all the world cries for healing, the deepest longing for the love of God. And oh, the greatest mystery, love has come to say. delivery 
We just center our hearts in agreement and prayer. That your grace would begin to cleanse. That your power would begin to bring freedom. Just write forgiveness over yesterday. Set them free to a whole new life. Just as we have referenced the waves of the ocean, bring in a wave of grace, of reconciliation, forgiveness, restoration, and take away the shame, the guilt, the brokenness. Thank you, God for loving us so much that you orchestrate the events of life so that we can have an opportunity to make this kind of a choice what a wise choice what a life changing choice they have made today Lord as we confess out of our brokenness who we really are And we repent. We realize that we are agreeing that by your power, we're going to start living differently. We're going to walk a different path. A path of destiny. A path of strength. A path of, of potential. The path that you've created us to know. Thank you for sending your son and thank you, Jesus, for coming and living a sinless life and dying and rising again that these could know life to the full, could know life eternal, could know all things being made new. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just like on Tuesday as that man was saved, so these are just washed in your grace and brought into the family of God, saved to know you, to know you, to be in a relationship with you. Now that which has held them down has been, they've been freed from it. And they're going to walk a new way and a new life empowered by you, learning who you are through your word and through a process of spiritual growth. They're going to be amazed at the transformation that occurs in their life. We thank you and we celebrate it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said. Now as they continue to just pray and and talk. We launch today, okay? Perhaps you want to make many deliveries throughout the routine of your week. And then let's all come together, whether it be Friday night or one of the two sessions on Saturday. And let's serve as a church family. We'll make deliveries through the week. And make sure you're sensitive to the opportunity to put an invitation to church. Because each service is going to have your friend in mind. We'll serve together in that apartment outreach the second weekend and again on the third. And then a citywide influence at Central Park the Saturday before Easter. If you want one of these meaningful services where you work let us know and we'll get it set on the itinerary itinerary the week leading up to easter you are carriers of miracles god's
delivery persons. May you be anointed and, and blessed as you are his workmanship, created for the carrying of the miracle that you have. God bless you. You can stand. Have a great afternoon and a great week in Jesus.